wonderful, happy song, a scriptural song, worshipful song. I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. I want to speak today on the subject of Christ the Rock. I have shared with you many times, and other preachers have shared, I'm sure, that the theme of the Bible is Jesus Christ. And that's very clear through direct proclamation and statements, but also through pictures and symbols and foreshadows. And we're going to be looking at one of those symbols and pictures of Christ today as we look at Christ the Rock. Now, there's no speculating about this because our text passage tells us the Rock represents Christ. And all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. Now, I want you to listen carefully today. There is a uh, park in California. And there's a rope hanging from a tree. And there's a rock on the end of the rope. And uh, there's a sign next to it that says, Weather Station. And it goes on to say, if the rock is wet, it's raining. If the rock is dry, it's not raining. If the rock is moving, the wind is blowing. If you can't see the rock, it's foggy. And if the rock is gone, there's been a tornado. That rock lets you know where you stand with the weather. As you listen today about Christ the rock, I hope it will allow you to know where you stand with Jesus. First of all, he's the rock of our salvation. 2 Samuel twenty two forty seven, The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of the rock of my salvation. He's the saving rock. You know, uh, I looked up this week on the internet the five most famous rocks in the world. And most were agreed. First, Mount Rushmore in the Black Hills of South Dakota. Three million people visit that huge stone formation of our four presidents. Second most famous stone, I'm sad to say, is the Black Stone of Kaaba in Mecca, Saudi Arabia, one of the Muslims' most holy sites. Millions go there every year. The third could be the Rock of Gibraltar that marks the entrance into the Mediterranean Sea. The fourth most famous rock is in Australia. They call it the Blarney Stone. And the legend is if you can kiss the Blarney Stone in Cork Island, you will have good luck. And then there's the Rosetta Stone, which most are interested in. I don't get out much, so I've never seen Mount Rushmore. I've never seen and don't plan on seeing the Black Stone of Kaaba. I've never seen the Rock of Gibraltar. I've never seen the Blarney Stone or plan on kissing it. And I've never seen the Rosetta Stone except pictures of it. But let me tell you, I have seen the Rock of my salvation, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Now, he said that. I didn't. Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven 
given among men by which we must be saved than that of Jesus. How plain and simple can it be in Acts 16? The Philippian jailer brought Paul and Silas out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Go to the rock. But they said it like this, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Is he the rock of your salvation? Secondly, he's the rock that was smitten. Now, I'll give you a context of the passage first. And actually, the text, 1 Corinthians 10, 4, is referring back to this passage. And this connects with how he is the rock of our salvation. He is the rock that was smitten. The situation is Moses has led the children of Israel out of Egypt. They're headed to the promised land, but they've come to a desert place, and there's no water. And they're afraid they're going to die without water. They're starving for water. And they complain against Moses, and Moses goes to God, and God tells Moses how to get water so they might live. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people and take with you some of the leaders or elders of Israel. Also take in your hand your rod. Now that rod represented the judgment of God. And he specifically says, with which you struck the river, not the sea, the river when it turned to blood. That was the first judgment of God upon Egypt to let the children of Israel go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb and you shall strike. It is the smitten rock. It is the pierced rock. You shall strike the rock and water will come out of it that the people may drink. And that's exactly what Moses did. And the water came forth after he smote the rock with the rod of judgment. And the people drank and lived. The rod of Moses was a rod of judgment. I will strike the waters which are in the river with the rod that is in my hand and they shall be turned to blood. How interesting. We often refer to the crucifixion of Christ as the blood of Christ that was shed for our sin. And the fish died and it lasted for the number of completion seven days. Now what does this tell us? This tells us that Jesus Christ hung on a cross and shed his blood and God's wrath and judgment that was directed toward us as sinners, it struck his only begotten son, Jesus, on the cross in our place. And it was complete. Absolutely. God made him who knew no sin to be a sin payment for us that we may be made the righteousness of God in him. But before we leave the rock, there's another place where Moses got into trouble. You know, Moses had a bad temper. That's what we're studying on Wednesday night, by the way. Anger control. And his temper got him in trouble, and it got him in trouble here too. The children of Israel are in another desert place, and they're about to starve, and they need water. And they're grumbling against Moses, and Moses says, Lord, what do you want me to do? Now, here's what God told him. Then the Lord spoke to Moses Please note, he didn't say smite the rock. Rock's already been smitten. Jesus didn't have to die and pay for sins but one time. Moses, don't mess up my picture of Jesus, the theme of the Bible. So speak to the rock now. 
before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Now, I don't have all the scripture here, but Moses was angry toward the grumbling children of Israel. He said, you rebels. He didn't speak to the rock. He lifted his hand with that rod, and he struck the rod, the rock, not once, but twice. Whoa. This is a pretty serious offense. How do I know? Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and said, because you did not hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. What Moses did was so serious that God says, Moses, Moses, you will not enter the promised land because of what you've done. Why was it so serious? He did not hallow God in the sight of the people in more ways than he realized. Christ didn't have to be smitten but once, folks. His sacrifice was complete. When he said it is finished, it was finished. You can't add to it. You can't take away from it. Hebrews 9, 28, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. 10, 12, by this man after he had offered one sacrifice for sins. How many won for sins? How good is it? Forever. He sat down at the right hand of God. You sit down when you're finished. Thirdly, Christ is the life-giving rock. For they drink of that spiritual rock. He comes to give life and give it abundantly. John says that Jesus said to the woman at the well, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him, the rock pictures Jesus. The rock gave forth water. Christ is the rock. And he gives forth water, not a physical water, but a spiritual water. And it causes you to live forever. He said, if you drink my water that I give to you, you'll never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into what? Everlasting life. It is no accident that John records about the crucifixion of Christ, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood. You ever thought about it? And water came out. Christ is the stabilizing rock. This is especially true of any of you here today that are going through a difficult stormy time. Maybe your stone is blowing. Maybe you feel like a tornado has come. You go to the rock. Where do I go when there's no one else to turn to? Who do I talk to when no one wants to listen? Who do I lean on when there's no foundation stable? I go to the rock. I know that he is able. I go to the rock. I go to the rock for my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain, and the mountain stands by me when the earth all around me is seeking sand on Christ, the solid rock I'll stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. He's the steadfast, foundational, stabilizing rock. The psalmist said in chapter 40 and verse 2, he brought me up out of a horrible pit. You ever been in a pit? Out of the miry clay, you feel like your feet were just stuck and you couldn't move? Well, God will bring you out and he will set your feet upon a rock and establish your goings. Trust him. Wait on him. 
Run to him. Psalm 62, God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Christians can be hit pretty hard. Paul said he was knocked down, but he didn't stay down. But we will not be greatly moved. Why? Christ is our rock. That's where our feet are planted. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Aren't you glad? What a changing world. Someone was telling me the other day they went to look at a new Dodge truck, and it was right at $50,000. When I graduated from high school in 1968 and bought my first car, it was about $3,400. Boy, things are changing, aren't they? Things are changing, but I'm telling you one thing that won't change, and that's the rock, Jesus Christ. You can count on him. He is the stabilizing foundation rock. And then this is for Mark. Star. He is our rock of singing. Did you know that? When he does deliver you, don't you want to sing? Don't you want to praise him? How many times has he brought us out of the pit? And out of the miry clay, actually that psalm says, and he put a new song in my heart. Isaiah says, let the wilderness and the cities thereof lift up their voice. Let the inhabitants of the rock sing. Let them shout. We can shout at the ball games. Let them shout from the top of the mountains. Ephesians says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Paul and Silas knew their rock was a singing rock. Taken, falsely accused, thrown in the dungeon. They're locked up in stocks. They've been beaten by wooden rods. For all they know, they're going to be executed the next day. And what do they do? At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and what? Singing hymns to God. Why? Yes, they were in the dungeon, but they knew they were also on the rock. Christ is our cornerstone, perhaps more than any other reference about Christ being the stone or the rock. It's the cornerstone. Now, back in that day, ancient buildings, the walls, the two walls at the corner, they were supported by the cornerstone. It had to be perfectly cut. It had to be a very solid stone. It held the two walls together. If the cornerstone collapsed, then the building collapsed. Jesus holds the wall of God and the wall of man together in salvation. He holds the universe together. Isaiah said, Therefore thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious stone, a sure foundation. And Ephesians tells us who that stone is. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, their teaching and preaching, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. Take Christ out of the world, it falls apart. Take Christ out of your life, it falls apart. Nothing makes sense. Now wait. If you reject this cornerstone, oh, I don't believe that cornerstone is the stone I want for the building of my life. It becomes a stumbling stone. A rock of offense. I'm offended to say that Jesus had to shed his blood for me to be saved. I'm offended that he says homosexuality is a sin. 
People are born that way. I'm offended that he says there's only one way to God. Okay, he will not be your cornerstone. He will become your stumbling stone. He said himself in Luke 20, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Whoever falls on that stone will be broken. That refers to you are repentant, you're sorry for your sin, and you fall on him for salvation. But if you don't make that commitment to Christ, he goes on to say, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. You're going to stand before him at judgment. God, the Father, has committed all judgment to the Son. You will stand before him at the judgment. You better hope he is your cornerstone, and you're not going to get crushed by him. Maybe you didn't know this, and I'll close here. Christ is the eternal second coming stone. How do I know that? Daniel chapter 2. Ladies, remember that wonderful Bible study you did in Daniel? Most of you tell me it was one of your favorite, except perhaps for the one Carol has done and is doing now for a small group. But anyway, old Nebuchadnezzar has a dream and nobody can interpret it and someone says, send for that old Hebrew boy Daniel. And Daniel comes and he told him about the dream. He said, you saw a great image, Nebuchadnezzar, a statue. The head was gold. That represents your kingdom, the Babylonian kingdom. And gold was the symbolic method uh, uh, or symbolic uh, stone and metal for the Babylonian kingdom. They're extremely wealthy. And then he said, you saw the, 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 the neck and the chest, the, the breast of this stone. It was silver, and that's the Medo-Persian kingdom that will conquer you and become a world kingdom. And it did. And then you saw the belly of brass, and that represents the Greek kingdom that will conquer the Medo-Persian kingdom and become the world kingdom. And it did under Alexander the Great. Then he said, you saw the legs of iron. And that represents the long-standing, strong, iron Roman civilization. Who conquered it? It destroyed itself from within. The iron turns to feet of iron and clay mixed. People say, oh, when you're in Rome, do as the Romans do. Don't do as the Romans do. They became so, so corruptible, so ungodly that they destroyed themselves from within. That's what's happening to our nation, by the way. And then, Daniel said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, then suddenly you saw a stone fall from heaven. It wasn't made with hands. wonder who that stone could be coming back from heaven. And he falls upon all of the kingdoms and all of their influence, and the whole statue crushes. And the stone grows into a great mountain. And fill the earth and the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and it shall stand forever. I'm here to tell you, he's the second coming eternal stone. I'm stone, folks, on Jesus Christ. What about you? How does the stone tell you you are today as your weather station? Could we pray together? Is he the stone of your salvation? He is the only stone that will withstand the storm of judgment and wrath because he has already taken it in our place. 
is the life-giving stone. He gives you the water of life and salvation. And you don't have to be saved all over again, but when you're thirsty, speak to him and pray to him and he will give you of refreshing water to revive you. Some Christians need that this morning. He's the pierced stone who died in your place. Oh, I'm telling you, he is the stable stone. Some of you feel like you're just in a mess today. Go to the stone. Go to the rock, Jesus Christ. He can deliver you out of the horrible pit and the miry clay. He can put a new song in your heart. Don't you want a song in your heart? He's the singing stone. He's the cornerstone. Have you got it all together? Well, I'll tell you who does. Jesus Christ. Trust him. Believe on him. Stay close to him. And he'll hold it together for you. He's the second coming stone. He's coming back again. God's not finished with the stone of the Lord Jesus Christ. Where do you stand today? If you need to trust him as Lord and Savior, you come during this invitation time. If today you're saved but you've forgotten, he's the rock that is your stability, your foundation. Maybe you need a fresh drink of the abundant water of life. Where do you find it? You find it in Jesus. Simple but true. Come to him. It is in his name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing. If God would lead you to move a church letter today, this would be the time to come and let me know about it. Would we come and sing at this time?